Welcome everybody. Welcome back to the, another episode of Christian's Guest Room. This is <laughs> recording number two, two, two. <laughs> because the first one was pretty trash. I ain't gonna lie to you. So, in recording 2.5 or 1.5, whatever you want to call it, we're going to reintroduce my best friend on episode seven. It took her long enough. Uh, Amanda Torres. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hey. Hello, three hellos. Um, you gotta, yeah, you got to always complete it. So, yeah, yeah you got to go hello. If you can't do two, you can't do one. Yeah. So, oh yeah, and before we start this episode, please subscribe to wherever you find all your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and all of those jazz. And how you doing today, Amanda? Um, I'm, you know, I'm doing all right. I think uh, I, I was about to say earlier, like, did you say that if you can't do two, you can't do one? Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe someone 50 years down the road will hear this episode and there'll be some great philosophy that comes from. <laughs> someone will figure it out because I probably won't. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't even know what I even, I don't even know why I even said what I said. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it just sounded cool. Just the first Christian. It's just Monday. <laughs> but it's a Monday. But it's a Monday. It is the first thing that came around my mouth, and it sounded pretty profound. So, I'm sure. I'm sure someone do down the road. Do one. Huh? I meant if you can't do one, you can't do two. But since we were talking about you got to have three to make it complete, I'm not sure where any of that was coming in. But it's okay. I don't know. It's all right. It's someone will figure it out. You know, maybe <laughs> it was just something to put out there, and someone will figure it out eventually. Yes. Somebody. Somebody will. <laughs> So I'll probably look back like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that was pure genius. <laughs> and that's where we'll segue. So I know, I know, I know. Like actually, what you what you made me think of was um, so. Uh, I, I mean, I I'm not good at like making jokes per se, but. What we were just talking about actually reminded me of kind of our topic today, you know, where people will like go to church and the pastor will be like, if you can't do two and you can't do one. And they're like, wow, I'm not even really sure exactly what that means, but that's we'll just grasp it. That's this power of orators, yeah. orators, Let's just make orators. A concept and use a scripture to like make it make sense. Hey, something's got to go on Twitter, right? <laughs> Yeah. That's the whole point of listening to sermons is to tweet it out. Yeah. You and know? argue about something too. Okay. Hey, look. You know, it's the weird part is like the crazy part is I've often I know before I have stressed myself out trying to come up with something deep. And sometimes I'm just like, it's not that deep. I know today I was trying to I was kind of fighting that. I was like, should I post something nice or not even nice, but something deep on Facebook and trying to come up with quotes? But then it's just like why, why should I try to force it? So let it just come naturally, which is why I rarely post on Facebook or Twitter for that fact, because it's, it's a realization that like, it's not up to my words <laughs> to try to sound good, to make me sound good, but ultimately it's to make, you know, you know to, to glorify God. And this is where we'll do another segue. 
again into our conversation about uh you know living life you know transformation living a complete transformation of life and i think that um you know what does that look like um as a believer you know because i think a lot of times we see you know walking contradictions i don't think that you know i think we see a lot of walking contradictions and i know i've lived myself was a walking contradiction at one point um um, and it's something I even kind of still struggle with now because, you know, I think that as we move forward in society, you know, we've often, uh, it's like, we don't like to, I kind of said to you earlier today, we don't like to be not in control of things. You know, we want to believe in something, but never let go of who we were in the past you know like a no love no sense of growth no complete healing no complete transformation and this is more towards believers um you know it's it's actively intentionally living a lifestyle of sin while professing the name of jesus and i always beg the question question did you really transform you know yeah and i think um one of the big things we see with those who i mean would call themselves believers um who we don't perceive at least for the season that we see them in as transformed like i think we're seeing where at least for the time again for the time that we are seeing them because you know we can never truly know one another's hearts the way that god knows right so it's really difficult to judge like oh you know is this person saved i'm like i mean they may be going through a season and we haven't known them their whole lives where they just they aren't bearing right right but you know no no, no, oh go ahead go ahead oh no it's fine um i was just gonna say where they may be a believer in the sense that they believe in god and they believe in jesus and they believe in the gospel but they have not made christ their lord and savior and they have not committed themselves at least you know in the time that we're in their lives or know them um they have not committed themselves to to serving god and loving him with their whole heart um soul mind and strength and you know it's also important to note that that is difficult to do and this is not to say that any time that we see that somebody is making mistakes, even if they make a lot of mistakes, that's not to say that they are not loving the Lord and that they are not living a life um, that is pleasing to God overall. Because right. I mean, that we, the transformation is about uh, being repentant. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding that I, I can't do it on my own. Ultimately, having faith in the gospel is knowing that I am made worthy because of the sacrifice of Christ. I am the righteousness of God because of the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. And I'm covered by his blood. And, you know, nothing in and of myself makes me worthy. Right. right? 
Right. So like that repentance, that desire to continue to grow, that desire to continue to change. And, you know, that may um, ebb and flow, you know, we'll go forward, we'll go backwards, you know, we'll go up, we'll go down. Mm-hmm. But the roller coaster is kind of an indicator of the transformation, in my right. opinion. Oh, agreed. Um, um, like steady, nothing. <laughs> agreed. No, it's, it's recognized. I, you know, is I've come to the conclusion that it's a constant journey that's always going to be, um, that's always going to, again, go through ups and downs and twists and turns and, you know, highs and lows. But, you know, the thing is that that means we're continuing to walk forward and persevering despite of the challenges that we face um, all the time, you know. And it's not being, you know, negligent to such obstacles. You know, I think that we've often preached that, or, you know, sometimes I don't think, I don't know if it's preached now more than often, more now than ever before, but we preach that, or it's kind of being taught that, um, you know, it's just a, a way to make sure suffering don't exist in your life. Mm-hmm. And are as a gateway to to ignore suffering, you know, and and ignore pain. And I don't believe that's always the case. Or I don't believe that's even the case uh, when it, that should be the case when it comes to how we view um, Christianity. It's not to teach you to avoid suffering, but how to deal with it when it comes to you. You know, there's always going to be highs and valleys. There's times we're going to slip up. You know, there's so many times where I've where I've slipped up. Um, to where I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I should not have made that intentional choice to do something that's going to, that's uh, detrimental to my walk. Um, and making, I don't want to say, you know, making the effort, you know, because faith is always there. We can have the faith and healing is always there. But we have to make a conscious effort to walk towards it, you know, because God's like, it's available. You just got to accept it. And that takes effort on our part to accept the healing and then once we accept healing that's when everything starts to you know we make that 180 turn to to wars being made new you know and i think that's the important thing that we have to figure out or we have to recognize that it's being made new i think that's the whole point of accepting jesus christ into your life and saying that god jesus god you know god i'm turning away from who i was to who i am you know, and I think that's the important thing that we have to recognize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's really common for us as Christians to talk a lot about, um, you know, trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but we don't explain exactly what that means. Right. It means to walk with Christ? What does it mean to take up your cross? Um, You know, Romans 12, Paul is uh, appealing to um, his audience and saying, you know, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Mm -hmm. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
so that you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? And he's not saying that you must live a perfect life, that you must not sin. Um, now he encourages and encourages us and exhorts us to to not sin and not to take advantage of God's grace. Mm -hmm. Um, What he is saying though, is that each day, every day, when you wake up, offer your yourself as a living sacrifice. The flesh must die daily. Daily. Right. Right. And the transformation does not happen overnight. It does not. Yeah. (laughs) But as you daily give yourself up, um, and as you daily die to the flesh and continue to walk in the spirit and be led by the spirit of God, um, you are transformed over time and you mm-hmm. go with different problems as you go. You will not be, you will not be a spiritual infant, um, consuming spiritual milk, but you will be spiritually mature and consuming spiritual meat. Um, that is what the transformation looks like. If you're dealing with the same exact problem from like the beginning of your the time that you were saved, like the, the time of your salvation to, <clears throat> you know, for, for years and years and years and years, and you're dealing with like the same exact things, that doesn't lend to a whole lot of growth. Now that's not to say that that person isn't saved necessarily mm-hmm. um, because there are, there are reasons why people may struggle with the exact same thing it could be a mental dependency yeah right I mean there are reasons for that but is that what God is calling us to no that's that's not something that God wants for us right and mm-hmm. of course you know we also um, as people may think that growth looks like getting good at managing our behaviors oh no no right no. yeah or looking a certain way or like learning the christian culture or even learning how to read our bible and just becoming really good at accumulating knowledge so that we can spit knowledge out and show that we know a lot about god mm-hmm. even if we don't really know god personally um, oh yeah no it's it's we're at a point to where even the Christian faith has become workspace, you know, even more. So where in on a, in a subconscious level, you know, it's like, if I do these things, then I feel like I am more saved. So we measure our standards to society standards or Christian society standards of what a Christian should be. It's not necessarily reflective upon what Jesus said. Um, in the gospels or even you know throughout the whole new testament basically on um, what how to live you know it's it's like a relationship i've always always taught i was always taught that it's a relationship with god not just something you fulfill a, it's not a duty to fulfill day by day and then check out a work um once your time is up like it's like when we go to bed we act like you know, well, that was it. <laughs> I did my part. Or when you wake up in the morning, we pray, we read the Bible, and then we'll go, all right, well, that was my time, time to clock out, and we go do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like you just said, it's not about that, but a constant relationship that requires constant growth. It's understanding 
you know, what you're reading and actually having a conversation with God, developing relationship, just like with friends, you know, there's levels to it when it comes to friends. Like you and I, we've been best friends for Jesus, 11 years, (laughs) 11 years. And that took a lot of growth. You know, we've seen each other grow. We've seen each other. We've had constant, constant conversation, specifically the past year and a half, to where we develop a better understanding of each other as friends Mm -hmm. versus how we were just in 2011, 2010, 2011, definitely 2012 and 2013 during that time of in our college years. You know, there was a, but we actually took the time and developed that. You know, we didn't just be friends just for the sake of being friends. We actually saw something that was like, hey, we can invest in this to where it can grow into something great and look at the point that we're at now to mm-hmm. where, you know, we're almost practically inseparable even by phone. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even think that we have really taken a moment to explain. Um, I mean, your audience knows who you are and some of them may know who I am, um, but really they most of them probably don't know me at all so no please um, allow you to introduce yourself <laughs> again okay. okay so i met christian in 2010 i distinctly remember walking into my botany class i think uh-huh. it was class um and i i knew that you were there it's funny that i don't remember a whole lot of people in the room I don't remember who else I saw, but I knew that you were there. Maybe my skin color stands out. Oh, jeez. That wasn't it. I know. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm, I'm, I know. And you know what? For honestly, you're probably right. You were probably, there probably was some elements of truth. You know, you know, if you look on a whiteboard, you see a black dot, it's going to stand out. So basically what you're saying is that my eyes are racist. I noticed you only because you're black. Is that it? <laughs> you know. Racist Christian? Hey, you know, the world seems to think so. So why not buy into it at this point? <laughs> but go ahead, continue. <laughs> this is what we do, people, to each other. But go I, ahead. I remember what I was wearing that day, which is weird. Uh, I'm not going to bore the audience with them. Um, your listeners with uh, what I was wearing, but I just remember that I looked really nice. I looked good. I was proud of myself. It was like my first year of college, probably my first day. It was the first day of classes. It wasn't. It was. It was. My very first class. The very first day, and I was like, I'm not walking up in here looking like a bum. Oh, I know. I know. I know. You made a great impression. I I'll tell you that much. Thank you, thank you. But anyways, so that's how I met Christian. However, um, that is not how I got to know Christian. Um, I want to say, I mean, I had interactions with you on and off throughout that year because we were in a lot of the same classes. It's funny because you and I we were both pre-med and then (laughs) we both changed over to psychology and that next semester literally it was like, yo, I don't think people really understand how parallel our journeys were <laughs> up to 2014. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and I still didn't know him well. At, you know, we didn't change majors together or anything. It was just something that happened. And <laughs> I continued seeing him in my classes and it didn't even dawn on me. Oh, wait, he wasn't in my major. 
I mean, like he was in my major, but how is he also in this major? Um, but anyway, so we switched to psychology and um, I want to say it was the next year that we got really close, 2011, 2012. Man, the Ratchet video changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, the Ratchet Girl Anthem video. You showed me and uh, another mutual friend of ours that video and we had a good laugh about it. And then studying was never the same. Uh, No, guys, it was at a point to where even no matter what, we will have a test the next day. If she and I study together, we will never study the material. No. Never. Even when... um, Outside of the, uh, when I switched majors the, the second time around, remember, uh, remember you came up in the dorms okay. and you had to write a paper? Yeah. First so of all, you I stole my cheese. I had to write a paper, yeah. So we were writing a paper in like a computer room using school computers. And Gee, where else? I leave to go to the bathroom and Christian erases my whole paper. Not a whole paper, a paragraph. A paragraph. Well, I had. So it's my whole paper. No, you have more than that. No, it was a page of writing. Proof is on Facebook. It was a full page. It was a full page. (laughs) Basically, it was funny, guys. So he rewrote it. I don't even know what he said. (laughs) It's on my Facebook if you ever want to revisit that because it was funny. And it was a picture of you eating my snacks. But, you know, we've had so many great memories you know the crudes um mcdonald's um you know the docks over you know when we had to drive to the docks you know so but i think that like you know over time you know we've had moments to where we wasn't talking as much as life took us in different directions but you know we could not it was like when we got back together or at least like when we came together it was like as if we picked up right where we left off uh yeah like it doesn't matter what it is like you know you was in different cities i was doing what i was doing and we was just you know but the thing is the foundation of our friendship was so solid that no matter where we went in life we will always gravitate towards back to where we started and then you know definitely around the season I went blind, it just went to a whole nother level, like Super Saiyan 4 levels of greatness, especially the past year and a half. Yeah, it's you know, crazy how our friendship has grown uh, to be so much deeper, especially in, in what we talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Over the last like year and a half, nearly two years now, um, mm-hmm. just before the pandemic, especially and then um throughout up until this point and it's and it's all almost entirely been over the The phone exactly and i think that what people need to recognize is that it wasn't like you know she and i can talk for like not not talk for like a month or two even though it was kind of hard but it was it wasn't like a out of necessity to where um i was like well this is is this day it didn't become a routine in a sense it was just like oh hey i have something funny to it's not necessarily being dependent on each other but we did rely on each other a lot 
and we developed that relationship out of a sense of love and gratitude, not out of a sense of obligation and duty. Right. Because if it became obligation and duty, then it just becomes something that you do. It's like any relationship that you have, even if you, for all you married folks out there, if you just love your husband or wife, just out of sense of duty, you say, well, I'll just go home. Uh, we'll just watch TV together, do some other stuff. And I'll just go out and do whatever I want. But if there's no bond that happens to it, like literally the first parts of Jude, when you introduce himself, he call, as Jesus' half-brother, he calls himself the bond servant of Christ. But the thing is, because it's a deeper connection that we must have with Christ. And that's the point that we're trying to say. We have a deeper, we've had a deeper connection. It's not a sense of we just doing it for the sake of doing it, but it's because we genuinely do have a love for one another. And that's all God wants. It's a reflection of the relationship that we should have with God. I'm not going to, no matter what, I'm not going to intentionally hurt Amanda. That's the thing. I'm not going to intentionally hurt you. You know, I may have moments to where I unintentionally hurt you, but I'm not going to go out my way to hurt you for the sake of my enjoyment and pleasure. And that's what we face right now for some believers. I'm not going to say all, but some believers, we go out of our way to intentionally hurt God, knowing that it hurts, but because it does more pleasure to us, we'll just say, and we'll just, well, God, I, I do this for you anyway, so just deal with it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live my best life, do whatever I want, but, you know, God, just, just take and accept it. You know, I preach your word, I tithe, I do this, I do that, I do this, but if there's no deeper relationship, then, my, then the question is, do you really love God? Or do you love yourself more? Right. And I think the really tough thing, too, is we have, you know, we have people, you know, in different parts of the spectrum here where, you know, we have like in Romans 7, where Paul is talking about, I don't understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but... He's saying it's not me that does it, it's sin in me, right? So mm-hmm. he's saying, I know that nothing good dwells in me. Right. Right. He says, I can will what is right, but I can't do it. And mm-hmm. I'll just read from the Bible here for a second. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Guys, that's that should be some comfort for some people. Mm-hmm. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. Isn't that the truth, though? Is right. that not the truth? Anytime, anytime I tell myself this is the thing that I want to do, it's literally like sin comes in as like, <clears throat> what was it that you were saying that you wanted to do? So you say what? <laughs> it's exactly what it is it's like that one friend you're like you're about to go out and get your day on and your friend goes like hey i want to talk to you about something deep and important that's not gonna that has nothing to do with what you're about to go do right (laughs) you call 
I'm out here trying to read. Like, I'm trying to get up in the morning and read my Bible. I'm trying to spend time with the Lord. I'm trying to pray. And then, you know, I wake up and I'm like, you know, Instagram is looking real good right now. I don't know if I have the mental energy to just dive into that Bible. <laughs> well, we, we kind of talked about that even with us. Look, we knew that, oh gosh, we got to go study. We got to test like in a few hours. It's going to be, you know, we had, we had intentions to study, but YouTube and jokes just overtook it 100% of the time. <laughs> it made absolutely no sense because it was like early on, we literally said we cannot study together at all. No. And then I feel sorry for anyone that got plugged into that too, for anyone that tried to study with us because they'll, they'll probably be like, well, guys, we need to get this going. You and I sitting there just laughing at stupid videos and making fun of each other. So it's just like, but that's exactly what, how it works, you know, because you and I talked about it. The enemy wants us to always stay distracted. He doesn't want us to do the very thing that will get us closer to God, but do the very thing that will keep us away from him. Mm-hmm. You know, and not to say that like, so like getting back to what we were talking about, it's, it's not to say that I don't love God when I have that struggle because right. look no. at what Paul says again. So he says, <clears throat> so I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand for I delight in the law of God in my inmost self. So in his innermost self, like he delights, like the, who he truly is on the inside, like delights in the law of the Lord, delights in the things of God and God himself. And then he continues, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God. With my flesh, I am a slave to the law of sin. And that perfectly describes, especially, you know, with how I often feel like I I have a tendency to beat myself up when I don't do what is right. But I also know that's not something that I should do, especially since we see here that Paul, one of the, I mean, he's written how much of the New the majority of the New Testament, right? Right. Somebody who... Um, did amazing things for the kingdom um he is wrestling with these very same things so we have some people who you know they are doing what they want to do and they're saying that yeah because of grace i can do what i want and you have other people who are saying i don't understand why i can't get things right 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 it's not beating yourself up over you know i think that you know it's recognizing that I think you might have told me it's like at least you know when we beat ourselves up when it, when we intentionally do something or we have a wrestling moment now we say it's okay to wrestle like this is because it's you're fighting against a natural nature mm-hmm. you know of yourself like it's it feels good it, there's a reason why it's saying feels good you know but we always we we are asked to wrestle against that and it's always hard there's sometimes we lose a wrestling match there's sometimes where we triumph but the thing is it is a constant wrestle and that it is okay it doesn't matter how far along you are in life you can be a newly saved person or a person who's accepted jesus to his life or their lives for the past 50 years it doesn't negate you what it doesn't uh 
cancel out or doesn't become any easier, you know, to when it comes to wrestling against your flesh. It's literally like, again, we literally said <clears throat> the old man must die daily. Like mm-hmm. you have to kill it all the time. And it's a daily, daily thing that you have to do. But it's okay to, uh, that it is okay to wrestle. It doesn't mean that you, you know, accepting Jesus does not mean you don't wrestle with these type of things. You don't wrestle against your flesh. It's quite opposite, on the contrary, but it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. as long as you're just like, all right, God, but I'm going to keep my focus on you, you know, all the time and, you know, in, in my way of life and how I live. My focus will always be on you and I will always choose you even when I want to choose my flesh. So... Yeah. And it's really, it's really tough. And I think, you know, we've been kind of going roundabout and we haven't been very um, direct and on topic about this, but I really feel like if we're trying to summarize the marks of somebody who's truly experiencing the transformation um, of a, of a Christian person who has accepted Christ, um, and is following Christ, it's essentially that repentance. So exactly. it's, it's like I said, it's it's that roller coaster. It's that I don't do the things that I want to do and the things that I don't want to do and that I hate, I end up doing. You know, I hate that this is how things are. And we are wrestling and working out our faith with fear and trembling. And that's that's the thing that we do. And, you know, I love how in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 51. Let me turn there real quick. Let me make sure that, that, that this is correct. Give me a second, you guys. Be patient with me. Bibles are large. And they take me through <laughs> when you just have one hand. Yeah, lick your fingers and uh, turn the pages. <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, here, here David is. Um, this is after. The prophet Nathan came to him and after he had gone to Bathsheba. So we know that David was a man after God's own heart. And we knew, uh, we know that he sinned and he committed adultery. Mm -hmm. And he is extremely repentant. He's, he's saying, I'm only going to pick pieces of this out, but create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. And he's saying, God, don't like, just, just cleanse me. I'm sorry for what I've done. Um, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Right. Um, so he he hates what he has done. He's had a realization of what he's done. Maybe not immediately, mm-hmm. but he was confronted with his wrongdoing. And when confronted with it, he was immediately repentant. Exactly. Um, exactly. And he says, <laughs> um, for you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. So somebody who is truly transformed, you know, approaches God humbly saying, Lord, I, I am broken over my sin before you. And they don't continue flippantly innocent right not taking advantage of grace yeah they're saying you know i recognize that what i've done is wrong and that may be something that is between you know them and god and we may never hear about it which is why it's important for us to be aware that 
maybe even as we see them in in something day in day out maybe their inner life um looks very different right and the whole point is bringing conviction to what you do which is the whole point of the holy spirit you know it's like yo i'm convicted about what i do what i did and it's not and of course it's not we're not saying to live in shame about it you know it's like <laughs> you know uh what's it called hercules we're not worthy you know that whole ordeal <laughs> right there we're not you know that's not how we is we're not supposed to live in shame we're just like you know god you know yeah i really did mess up and it's it's having a it's like knowing you know truly when someone truly means that when they say to you i'm sorry you can kind of feel that versus when people are like oh i'm sorry you know it being flippant like you just said about what they've done but actually have a true remorse and repentance to be like you know i'm very very sorry for what i've done and i i i will try my hardest not to do that again you know mm-hmm. is recognizing that what i did was wrong but then it's taking that next step all right what do i need to do about it now to make sure that it doesn't become something that i would easily turn to when i'm confronted with the same issue again mm-hmm. you know that's the whole point we want to stress to you guys is not you know it's two things it's not living in shame one and then two but is if you are remorseful about what you've done intentionally then it's just like all right what you know getting back up and fighting again you know it's getting back up you repent to the god and you'll uh do what you can what you can keep where do what you can to to make sure that it doesn't um permanent well, I want to say permanently but it doesn't stick like right. it, it's like a like a uh uh what's it called a parasite mm-hmm. to you it doesn't become a parasite to where you got to remove so we got to remove that little parasite to make sure it doesn't uh uh turn you away mm-hmm. from God it'll keep you from having that relationship with God you know yeah and i think one of the things i mean and the bible's pretty clear that there are people who have infiltrated the church who both teach that certain things are okay or they are let's say they're teaching one thing but doing another and i think we've seen a lot of that we've seen a lot of people fall we've seen a lot of people um seem to be very very talented and gifted in teaching and preaching and you know the like ministry in general um right. on you know very what do you call it in, in influential levels and yeah, also lower yeah, level well. and and we we pay a lot of attention to gifting and say oh that person is saved you know but that's not the mark of salvation nope. you know the gifts that we are given um through you know the holy spirit right and also gifts that we are just naturally born with um those are not thing like they we have those gifts um to use for the glory of god but they are not fruit no right? they're just is a product they're the harvest of what the fruit or not even say a harvest of the fruit but it's uh is to i don't know maybe i don't even want to say show maybe i don't know i don't think it i don't think that no no never mind so no, ignore what i was about to say <laughs> huh. I was going to say something then I forgot what I was going to say as I was laughing about it. This is exactly what we <laughs> friends do. We make each other forget everything. <laughs> we make each other forget. 
I swear, we'd be like the worst disciples. We'd be out there preaching. <laughs> we'd be out there preaching. Like, wait, wait, what? What? Yeah, and the thing is that nobody would would know this by the way that we're doing this podcast. No, we, you guys are getting probably twenty percent of the foolishness that we do. Not even close. <laughs> but no, I think that you know, yeah, you you hit it on the nail. Um, you know, being a good teacher, being a good is not um, proof. It's not the only proof of salvation. It's not the proof of salvation. It's how you live. Um, when those cameras aren't rolling or when people are not even looking at you, it's being consistent. Again, it's not behavior, what you say, behavior uh, um, monitoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, all right, you know, I know that the my integrity will play a huge part in... Um, Improving the fruit, uh, according to the fruit. Yeah, it, my integrity, who I am, you know, the fruits that, um, the harvest of the fruit that God has given to me is the proof shows that I've lived a transformed life. Because again, we can see, we've seen nasty people mm-hmm. be great in public speaking and can influence people. And, and, and even in my own life, I've, often have to check myself i said christian watch i don't want to say watch what i do in terms of behavior monitoring but you know you know start checking yourself on certain things you know start checking yourself on you know the way you live how you handle yourself because at the end of the day it's going to be that that people see that's going to influence people to christ you know it's like with me going blind people often seeing more of the, I think people seen more of the fruits of a tra- my transforming life since going blind. Probably since, probably uh, rather than, or other than when I was sighted. I think people knew it was there, but I think that I'm starting to face the fact that I wasn't really producing much harvest, you know, for the fruits that I thought I had. I thought my works me, you know, being a believer, no, not even being a believer, but only, uh, you know, just professing the name of Jesus and not really doing any, not really living a transformed life was sufficient enough. I thought that as long as I have great conversations about Jesus and as long as I listen to worship music on Sundays and as long as I go to God when things go bad, that I'm, I'm okay. As long as I don't believe in Jesus, as long as I don't, as long as I uh, keep my belief in Jesus, then I'm okay. That I, you know, it's, I, I could do whatever I want. I could live however I want. I can, you know, do, yeah, basically do or how, live however I want. But I think that God took my vision to realize, no, that ain't it. You know, there's a complete transformation of life that has to come with this. Because, yes, people are going to see that you, you have a great gift in you know, in anything that you do, you could be a great McDonald's employee. But the question is, do you represent Christ all the time? Right. Yeah. And somebody can be just as, you know, quote, good of a Christian, right? Uh, doing what we would consider a lower level job by right. human standards. But he's being faithful and in his character each day, he is living out the gospel by being exactly. everyone who comes in and to his coworkers. And 
you know, to his em- employer. And when you get to know somebody like that over a period of time, like, you know, he could he could hate his job because lots of people don't like those kinds of jobs um, or they look down on the, the, the job that they themselves have and they want something, quote, more, right? Mm-hmm. Of more. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, other people may, may look at that and see, like, how does he come into work with joy every day? How does he mm-hmm. not complain? Like, I noticed that he doesn't really gossip the way that we do about our coworkers. I noticed that he doesn't talk about certain kinds of things. And he's not necessarily judging us for talking about it. He just doesn't engage with it. You know, what is that about? Um, right. I also noticed that he tries not to come in on Sundays if, if possible. And he's pretty consistent with that. And, you know, not that... You know, and that's like a whole nother topic like is church, yeah church yeah. in the form of a church building mandatory but that you know the point is that he he goes to engage with believers and he does try to remain faithful in having that community and um staying connected and they can see that um mm-hmm. so you know how many people are converted by that guy versus and and discipled by that guy as well um, right. versus somebody who they're this great speaker, they're very influential, they have connections, they're on TV, they're on YouTube, they're on Instagram, whatever. Um, but then we don't know a whole lot about their character and we we hear stories about people who've worked closely with them and you're like, mm, you know. You know what's funny? You know what reminds me of? Like all the Christian movies to where you have that one bad person who's like the influencer, but it's like the janitor or the mechanic that transforms their life. Right. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what. I'm sorry. It's so funny because it's such a cliche. But it's the truth. But it's the truth. Exactly. It's such a truth. As cliche uh, as it is, it's such a truth. Yeah. You and I talked about how there's a specific person at our college who works the ground, who was a groundkeeper, who, I don't know if she's still there, but she was working the grounds. Who was a major influence. I loved her. Cause she was joyous, happy in her job, what she did. And she represented Christ to me fully more. uh, And that than what I've seen, you know, uh, uh, pastors do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cause it's just like, yo, like she is representing Christ. She's bringing joy. And a smile to my face just by asking me, "Hey, when are you gonna play the drums?" That it was stuff like that, and seeing her happy, giddy, and being there, she would show up. If you told, yeah, it wasn't even just yeah, she would show up. Like right, I knew exactly where to look. I knew exactly where to look, and I would sometimes I'd be, and I would get bummed out if I don't see her there because she probably, you know, she would end up probably end up being busy with some things. But more times than not, I would see her there, and she was just out there getting down. Where was she? I'm just like, now this is what I'm talking about. But stuff like that is not, you know, your salvation is not dependent on the how the bigger the platform does not mean the greater the salvation you have. It honestly just means the greater integrity you got to keep. Right. And I, it really goes back to um, the truth of scripture that says, you know, the first will be last and the last shall be first. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a hard time understanding what that means exactly. But those who are faithful and who serve 
and they consider others more important than themselves. And again, you know, not to their detriment necessarily. It's not that God is calling us to neglect ourselves. That's not it. No. You know, we're you know, just as valuable as the other person, but we don't treat ourselves as more valuable than them. And that's the point. Right. Um, right. That we see their value. We want to value them by loving them and serving them because when we do that, we are serving Christ. Exactly. Um, and so when we do that and we do that consistently and we, we have that, and again, this doesn't mean that there's not sin in our lives. It means that we are intentional with growth. We're intentional about rooting out the things within us that aren't good right. um, and allow God to come in and transform things and change things around so that we are more effective servants. We have to bear fruit by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be effective in our giftings also by the power of the holy spirit right mm -hmm. like must bear fruit in order to be effective like and that's not saying that god can't use you when even when you're in the wrong because i know factually that there have been times where i have not been in the best place Ooh. Um, ooh, yeah yeah and god still chose to use me but that's grace mm -hmm. that's not right. evidence of anything that i'm doing Okay, so if you're that person who's out here like, but God is still using me and I'm still, you know, going out and doing these things and, you know, that the Bible says I shouldn't be doing. So does that mean that um, I can still do these things? No, it doesn't. That's God's grace upon your life and he's going to use you. And it's not for your benefit that he used you. He used right. you to somebody right. else, right? Um, to love on somebody else, to serve somebody else. And mm -hmm. again, it is that grace. Um, we didn't do anything to, to deserve that. And I kind of yeah. want to backtrack for just a second. I need to speak to the people who you talk about like the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and they're really into, you know, the manifesting of the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the power of the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is for the transformation of your personal life so that you can go out and be effective and, you know, teach others that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. But like, it's, it's the power of God to help you stop snapping at your spouse. Right. It's the power of God to assist you in being a good parent to your children. It's the power of God to assist you to not be rude in line when, when they see that cross necklace that you're wearing, but you're being rude and impolite and acting in a way that's not loving and serving others. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's being polite when uh, uh, servers accidentally get your food wrong and you show them grace and compassion because the place may be busy. Yeah, like... And tipping well. Exactly. So the, the power of the Holy Spirit is to assist you in... Well, not assist you, but to entirely transform you. Exactly. And it it's, it's not necessarily only about um the things that we seem to care about most right the things that seem a little bit more miraculous the mm -hmm. prophetic the the healing the um <laughs> you know <laughs> oh i don't think people are ready for that part you know do i believe in those things yes i absolutely do i would consider myself charismatic in a very yep. balanced way, in a way that yep. I believe is truly biblical, because I don't place more value on those things than I do on 
the characteristics that make me holy as God is holy. Oh, yeah. I don't think people are ready for that little uh, bomb just yet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I need to be loving of people. Exactly. I have Again. a desire to serve people and consider them more important than myself. Right, it's I how have... you interact with the world. You yeah. know, when people see you, and especially if you go from unbeliever to believer, it's like, whoa, there is just something different about you that mm -hmm. I cannot place my finger on. But it's just something different about you. That's the whole point. It's not as well. This person just believes in Jesus and all right, it's just a conduit for him to just be believing in something. No, it's more than that. Like you just said, it's how you interact with life, how you interact with other people. Definitely how you serve other people. And it's not gonna be a hundred percent correct all the time. There'll be some times where you be snap where we snapping at people. I have to, you know. Sometimes, immediately I'll feel you know like again it goes and we and we've talked about this earlier where we're just like you know the things that we don't want to do we do and the things we do want to do we don't and mm -hmm. it's like we're not intentionally messing up but over time that that is the power of God to transform our lives and make us more like his son Jesus mm -hmm. That's the whole point right um, and we can have that comfort in knowing that, you know, I'm not the righteousness of God when I get it all right. I'm the righteousness of God right now because mm -hmm. scripture says that he became sin who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we, we might become the righteousness of God in him. So right now, Christian, you are the righteousness of God. It doesn't, it doesn't matter the things that you struggle with. You are currently, as I am talking to you, the righteousness of God because of Jesus, right? And so mm. am I. And so anything that you have done is, you know, paid for, but so is everything that you will do, right? Exactly. For, for you who are truly in Christ, right? Exactly. But does that mean we can do what we want? No, it doesn't no. mean that. No. And anybody who thinks that that's what that means, probably they aren't in Christ and they probably aren't the righteousness of God. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, probably not. Probably, no. probably not. And, and that's I, all we want you. Yeah. I mean, that's all we want people to just recognize, you know, it's, it's just being completely transformed. You know, it's by the graces of Christ that we are able to live and have the chance to live. You know, and I think that that's one thing that's just very important. It's not just always going around trying to prove how Christian you are, but it's just necessary. It's almost like, you know, what? it's just a way of life. It's like a cultures. You know, I don't, you know, my dad was from the Bahamas and uh, my Bahamian side of the family don't go around telling people I'm Bahamian, I'm Bahamian, I'm Bahamian. No, mm -hmm. it's just literally a way of life. They're not mm -hmm. out there to prove how Bahamian they are. Mm -hmm. It's literally just a custom of life. And that's exactly what, um, the sacrifice of Christ has allowed us to do to where, uh, you know, complete transformation is just a way of life. That's how we should view the sacrifice of Christ. It gives us the ability to be, uh, to, to allow us to have, uh, to allow the faith become a way of life, not just something that we do or trying to prove to others, uh, how good we are. Keyword, we are, how, so how, how, uh, what's it called? how theological we are. No, it's literally just pointing people, and I've said this to you before, it's just simple as all we're doing is just pointing people to the path of Jesus Christ. 
and Jesus Christ is the pathway to God. Mm-hmm. That's literally all we have to do. We're just signs. We are just signs to point people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to point to Jude really quickly as we begin to close. Um, you know, the book of Jude. Guys, if you, if you haven't done an in-depth study. Please read Jude. Yes. Do the, read the book of Jude. It's short. So you can it's read one chapter. You got no excuses. People. But it's got, it's got a lot in there. Things that I think are really relevant. I mean, they've been relevant since it was written. But, you know, it's very relevant right now, I feel. Um, And I just want to read this to you guys. It's just a little passage. Pay attention. I know that reading scripture can sometimes be a little boring, but just go ahead and listen. And it says um, for Jude, well, there's only one chapter, 1, 17. But you, beloved, must remember the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. For they said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indulge uh-huh. your own ungodly lusts. It is these worldly people, devoid of the spirit, who are causing divisions. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are wavering. Okay, I want to pause there. And have mercy on some who are wavering. I know it may sound like we are just really uh, knocking on people who are not doing what they should should be doing we we both want to call people out and have mercy and that's what i really want to talk about and have mercy on some who are wavering save others by snatching them out of the fire and have mercy on still others with fear hating even the tunic defiled by their bodies so this is really important in that we have a job to do as believers Uh You should be passionate about this, people. When you see your friends and family members going away from Christ, um, especially those who, you know, have once experienced um, the power of the Holy Spirit, that transforming power, and you see them walking away, you, you have a responsibility to be one who, while having mercy on them and not being judgmental and knowing that, you know, were it not for Christ, there go I, right? Right. Snatch them out of the fire and have mercy on still others with fear, hating even the tunic defiled by their bodies. And so, like, hating the tunic defiled by their bodies, it, it essentially is pointing to don't just hate just the sin, but anything around it, anything associated with it, and don't associate yourself with that. Right. And it's not people, guys. Clear yeah. word. It's uh, not yeah. people. It is not people, just the activity. Right. Um, we we know how Paul talked about um, being all things to all people because you are not bound by the law, right? And so that gives you a little bit of leeway um, not to do things you shouldn't do, but to kind of go into places without being judged by the law, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to engage with these people in a way, just like when Jesus went to sit with tax collectors when, you know, previously at that time, because of who they were uh, to the people of Israel, um, right. considered like just bad people, sinners. Right, right. Right. So you can't associate with these people for the purpose of winning some. 
right? Um, mm-hmm. But what we are not to do is to oh, don't play in the fire with them. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go do the things like don't put yourself in compromising situations. Yeah, exactly. Um, bring them into like what I would say is like, you know, obviously if if you have a problem with drinking, don't walk into a bar to try to evangelize people. Yeah. but anyways and there's more more to that i i'm not exactly a theologian and i'm not an expert my name was christian neither am i so yeah um (laughs) so i even even less so right you probably have some sort of secret advantage i don't know about but (laughs) i'm still working on that guys so like i said you know our it is important for us to be truthful with people in our lives who are wavering. Um, the mercy is not letting them do their own thing. The mercy is in a loving way, trying to do your best to bring them back into the fold, right? And obviously allowing the spirit to lead you as you do that. Um, you do not do that on your own. It is the power of of God that transforms, right? So, mm-hmm. but being filled with the Spirit of God, the same power that resurrected Christ from the dead, you have the ability and the authority to go to say, "No, I, I'm not. I'm not just going to let this happen," right? Mm-hmm. And you go be Christ to that person, and let the power of God do the work, right? Um, right. But yeah, that's that's what we should be doing. We need to be passionate about that. And it doesn't mean we all have to do it the same way, but we we have to do that. And how do we do that? Do we do that by living lives that are not pleasing pleasing and acceptable to God, where we don't offer ourselves up daily as living sacrifices? No, We, we daily die to ourselves and we ask God, to show us what we should do each day. Lord, if there's anybody who who needs to hear from you, if there's anybody I'm meant to encourage, if there's anybody I'm meant to show love to today in a way that is, you know, outside of what we would normally do, right? To even pray for, you know. Um, we should be doing that, right? Because right. we are that is the power, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit to be able to um, not only transform our behavior, which is which is first and foremost, like that's foundational, right? But once we are we've built from that place, we go out. We go exactly. out in the power of the Holy Spirit um, to to proclaim the gospel in the name of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King, and you know, He's coming back. And you need to be ready for this. I want to snatch you out of the fire. You know, come with me. Right. I, I want to show you a better way, a much more excellent way. Mm-hmm. Um, so. No. Uh, what you said, you know, what you said is very important. And I think that right now, you know, for anyone, you know, is taking a look in a mirror and evaluating yourself, you know, giving yourself an evaluation, not for performance based, but to be like, you know what, am I truly living out? what Christ um, set forth for us to live out. You know, am I, the question is, am I representing the kingdom well? You know, am I representing the kingdom well? Not just in public settings to where everybody will see me, but <clears throat> even in private, when I'm home alone, am I representing Christ um, 
still not representing the kingdom um, um, right. You know, it's almost like if you work for a company and you go out wilding, the company will fire you, especially if you become a misrepresentation of the vision statement of the country, of the company. So it was recognizing, you know, that, you know, hey, this is a vision statement that God put out, which is basically the whole entire Bible. In case people didn't know, that's the vision statement. And it is up, it is, we have, it is our duty to live, not be, I mean, yeah, is to live that to the best of our abilities. There are times where we'll mess up, sure. There are times where we'll stumble. There are times where we'll just face plant into uh, dirt, you know. But there'll be times where we'll just be running full stride and nothing has happened. But the thing is, it's constantly moving forward and shedding away who you were before and embracing who you are now. That's all it is. You know, to a point, it should, it, it has to get to a point to where the old way of you becomes like a bad taste. It's not easy to get to. I've heard my mom always say, I, it's, it's a constant reminder of the old man must die daily. And I can honestly say that even for her or even, you know, and for many people that I know, their old ways of life is just not something that they're just willing to go back to. They're not willing to compromise the progress that they made. Um, you know, in order to intentionally turn back to who they were before. So, you know, always push forward, always keep on moving. Do not give up, do not stay in shame because staying in shame means you stop moving and that's exactly what the enemy wants. You know, you gotta constantly be on the move. In a sense, not being paranoid, but you gotta constantly just keep walking forward and keep building that relationship with Christ. Relationship, not, not, fulfilling obligations but actual relationship and the only way you get to actually know the only way to build that relationship is to actually uh study conversate and always be around that person or be around christ just like with friends lovers uh companies whatever the case may be in order to build those type of relationships that becomes meaning and deep and if you really want to get to know that person it often requires sacrificing time and intentionally uh, spending time with that person to actually get to know who they are. Mm -hmm. So always keep that in mind, you know, uh, always keep that in mind for you guys. And that's all we're really wanting to say. Just be, just be and live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I want to take a quick moment to like pivot and just say something really quickly. And, you know, Christian, you might edit this out. You might not. But I just feel like I want to say this right now. I want to just shout you out right now, I guess. I'm trying to figure out the, the correct wording for this. But you told me a story earlier today about how you were in a group of people, a group of people we shall not name, right? Not a bad group of people, just a group of people um, who were supposed to be um, followers of Christ for the most part, minus one. And you declared that Jesus was the only, is the only way and that he is the truth and his, that he is the life. And in a group of people that um, mostly believed that Jesus is a way, but not the only way. And I think that that 
is evidence itself of transformation because when you knowingly are in a group of people who doesn't think like you and you know that you're putting yourself out there by saying that um that's doing something that isn't technically beneficial for you in the sense that it can feel a little scary you know it can feel like it can be it can be discouraging when people don't you know hear what you have to say and and agree and and hear the truth in what you're saying and it can feel sometimes um at times humiliating and condemning when they look at you and and call you um not that they called you anything but in in a way implying that you're intolerant you know as if you're some um person who's not loving of others when in reality you you are the most loving because you said the truth and they need to hear it and the truth is the most loving thing that you can speak to somebody when you do it in a way that's not condemning and I, and I know you didn't do that in that way as well so i just want to say i'm super proud of you um and you you are living that transformed life and for anybody who just wants to know who Christian is like that's that's the guy that he is mm. he has the podcast who wants to tell the world the truth who wants to create good content for the uplifting the encouragement and growth of others and somebody who desires to speak the truth of the word of god and so you know i encourage you to continue listening to this podcast and continue um helping him grow this and i really believe that god wants to use him in a great and mighty way so just yeah, um, yeah since we're uh we're hyping each other up uh <laughs> you know we throw it back at you right no 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 no, no. <laughs> oh. that's what friends do because christian can't take compliments so he has to throw it back so <laughs> Guys, there's personal stories just from this year and a half alone uh, of the stuff that uh, Amanda went through. Like, basically, she somehow, uh, in short, basically, in uh, very, very vague terms, became an evang- or, uh, apologist. <laughs> and I've seen this journey uh, very, very smart way. I think. Well, you took Greek and Hebrew, very, very smart. Uh, even though she don't think so, she don't give herself credit for it. things that I see. And I'm the blind one, and I see things better than her. Hard, hard, hard. And I know this part probably should have been in the beginning of the episode, but, you know, it's just who we are. You know, we, we, we go off track sometimes. But the whole point I'm trying to say is that, like, you know, this, this friend of mine has been very very influential uh uh really for the past 11 years but you know i think that really more so this past year and a half and i think that if it wasn't for this consistent friendship uh i probably would have lost my mind and um you know the the knowledge that this girl puts out and has the uses the bible to back it up you know, it's nothing short of amazing. And I think that everybody should know that side. And I think that, I think people will actually get a chance to hear that side of you now more than ever. And I think that this episode was really the intentions of that. Well, we're not even really the intentions, but part of the intentions was to get people to hear what you have to say, you know? And a lot of times we doubt our gifts 
you know, uh, you know, with what happened, um, you know, before a while back, you know, it's, um, you know, I had to fight that feeling of like doubting my gift. So, you know, I think that, you know, I know you have struggled with that a little bit, but I think that, you know, you are very, very gifted, very, very great orator and a very, very great communicator. I almost said communicator. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, man. Almost, um, so now we got transportator and communicator. So <laughs> gee, I'm going to have to start writing down words. I just fumble. But, you know, the whole point is like this girl has an amazing gift of, you know, compassion. I've always said you were compassionate. How long I've said you were very, very compassionate, which is like your keyword. That should be your middle name. And, um, you know, just the stuff that she puts out important to my life has literally got me thinking a lot and actually excited about certain things. So, you know, you are doing such a great works, you know, yourself, you know, in representing the kingdom and all that you do. And the, the stuff that she has to put up with, you know, including... You know, the stuff that she has to put up with. And, you know, she's, I've always said she's Wonder Woman because her job, you know, what she does is nothing short of amazing, especially with her job and the patience that she has and the the love that she brings to what she do. And maybe one day you and I will talk about that on another episode, you know, and more aligned with what you're called, what you've been, what you are doing currently with your job. So I want to commend you and thank you for one, uh, being my best friend, <laughs> and being on this episode. Thank you. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, I think people can tell that we're, you know, we love each other very much. We're very supportive of one another. Like I can't. Do they? I don't know. I think they need more clarity. <laughs> they need to know more. Um, no, like I've, I've been. You know, literally, there are times where I, I get up early in the morning to work out and I will call this guy and be like, guess what I feel like God just told me. Man, eight in the morning sometimes. Yeah. And I'm sitting here sending funny videos. Yeah, we're, we're like real, real friends. So, um, yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I feel like I fumbled a lot of my my words and my thoughts don't like, doubt oh, your abilities you know, I, 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 I just i just talk and you know god uses what he wants and that's what's important you're a great communicator so okay. see All this right. is the support we have you know for you one another <laughs> no, you're great no you're great no, no you're, you're great. great you know you know how great you are calvin Klein's. so oh wow wow everybody that's an inside joke that will never be explained, like my rap song, that will never be released. Shout out to uh, um, Eddie, <laughs> everybody who keeps wanting to hear the secret rap song that I don't even think you have even heard. So there's something that you did that I didn't hear about. Yes, there's our secret rap song that I'm me and my siblings did. That will never be. I'm gonna keep teasing it because I know that I will never release it, or it will never be heard. But Listen, shout out to Eddie for trying to convince know, me otherwise. I, I feel like I deserve to hear this because, I mean, we've had our rap battles back and forth via text. And, you know, that it was the definition of trash because we can't rap to save our lives. So imagine 14-year-old me, 13-year-old me of all things trying to rap. So, and that's when I try to take it seriously. So, <laughs> but Amanda, thank you so much. I know we probably went like 20 hours, but 
this was a great episode again guys let's thank amanda if i wish we had an applause but clap clap thunder thunder crackle crackle whoosh whoosh but thank you amanda so so much for being on this episode and again um what I need you guys to do is subscribe to wherever you find your podcast. You can definitely find them on Spotify. You can find them on Apple under Christian's Guest Room. And make sure you subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Five stars only, please. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye, yeah. everybody. Bye.